welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Margaret Scharf is a Dominican sister from Western Australia. She's a senior lecturer with the Catholic Institute of Western Australia, president of the Council of Churches, WA, and volunteers with the Aboriginal Catholic Ministry in Perth. A composer-songwriter, Margaret has enjoyed many opportunities to proclaim the gospel in the USA, Solomon Islands, Tanzania and Papua New Guinea. Hello there. I'm going to reflect on the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 to 11. What did you go into the desert to see? What did you go into the desert to see? Dear friends, when I read this Gospel, this question was all I saw and felt in my heart and memory. A song from my youthful past came back to me regarding John the Baptist, which we sang at school and in my local parish during Advent. For the life of me, I can't remember its name and I cannot find it in the old hymn books. So if anyone can help me out, that'll be great. The song goes like this. What did you go into the desert to see? A reed broken by the wind. Tell me, what did you go into the desert to see? A man who comes out is crying for me. And his name is John. Many years ago, I lived along the edge of the Gibson Desert in Western Australia in the 1980s and 90s when I was on our sister's motor mission and then at Wandalgu Catholic Primary School in Tartan. I loved both experiences because I loved the desert around me. Even though I grew up in Perth, I loved the Aussie bush. And when spring came around, the desert was in bloom with the most beautiful carpets of colour growing in that rich red soil, while overhead the sky was a deep blue. I could sit out there for ages and enjoy the soft wind blowing, making the wheat fields shiver and sway clearing my heart and mind of the daily clutter. What did you go into the desert to see? After some years of being with my Aboriginal sisters and brothers, the little persons I taught, I learned to see in the desert, not just look. For our First Nations people, seeing your food from a distance is a big bonus. Seeing the tracks in the sand, the broken branches, etc., was an important skill that I had to learn. And my little friends helped me to see, really see. They'd call out, yalla bitty, yalla bitty, which in Wajiri means emu, and I'd be saying, where, where? And they'd say in a frustrated way, over there, over there, and point in a direction. Then I'd see the speck way off in the distance. After five years with them, I could keep up with them and see animals, birds and bung arrows, you know, those goannas. 
that tastes like chicken. In the simplicity of the desert, there's not a lot to distract us from really seeing, which is why I guess the desert became the place for retreats in the early church. Thousands and thousands of people went out into the desert to see their life from a different perspective and to seek out the Amas and Abbas who would lead them on their spiritual journey. The point about this is that during the Advent season, we're called not to just look, but see. See what? And I'm also thinking that there's more to this invitation than seeing. One question which pops up for me is, what eyes am I using to see what needs to be seen? Certainly we have our external eyes, but I'm wondering if what we are meant to be uh, using is our heart eyes, which St. Benedict reminded us about. To see with the eyes of the heart, that deeper looking where we come face to face with God within us. Or another way to say it would be God who is present in the heart of our inner being. What did you go into the desert to see? I think that John the Baptist is singled out here as the one who sees and knows who Yeshua is. The writer of the gospel uses this story to show the reader what faithfulness looks like. The passage begins this way. When John, in prison, heard what the Messiah was doing. Now, in most of the translations, the word Christ is used rather than the word Messiah. And, you know, we often don't read those words until the ends of the Gospels. Does John know something the others do not? We don't have many stories of encounters between these two cousins, but let's face it, the first time they met was in utero when their mothers, cousins Mary and Elizabeth, met after their miraculous pregnancies. We know from Luke's Gospel that when they met, Elizabeth said to Mary, as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child within me leapt for joy. John recognized the Christ child and leapt for joy. No wonder this gospel is used for the third Sunday of Advent, traditionally known as Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete being the Latin word for rejoice. You know, it's the pink candle on the Advent wreath. What joy it is to see with the heart eyes the anointed one. John didn't see with his developing eyes, but with his heart. And he would then live his entire life preparing the way for the Lord, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus' reply to John's disciples is, Go and tell John what you hear and see. And the list Jesus gives them is that of the book of Isaiah announcing the year of Jubilee. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and more to the point that the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus is the persona of the year of Jubilee. And blessed is the one who does not lose faith in me, says Jesus. Jesus. 
which is a direct message to John, who in prison and about to die, has never lost faith in Jesus, but spent his whole life prophetically preparing the people for Jesus' coming. Such faith caused Jesus to praise the last of the prophets, preparing the way for the Messiah. Jesus said, what did you go out into the desert to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. Now, I did a bit of research on this passage and its relevance to the story, and it turns out that this is a reference to King Herod. It's quite possible that the people who heard Jesus say these words knew whom he was talking about and smiled to themselves. Because King Herod's coat of arms had a reed on it. A reed shaken by the wind was a term used in Jesus' time to describe the weakness of a person who is easily swayed and dishonest. That sounds like Herod. And while Jesus said this, he was probably standing by the reeds growing along the Jordan River. Of course, the reference to the soft robes and the royal palace is another giveaway remark about whom Jesus is describing. And Herod is the opposite to John, who is not swayed in his belief in Jesus, but is strong to the end, wearing camel skin clothing and totally uninterested in wealth and power. This second part of the passage is the description of someone who has no faith, who doesn't see with external or heart eyes the Messiah in his midst. For Matthew, Jesus is the long-awaited king of the new kingdom of God. Those who believe in him and follow him are part of the new kingdom, a kingdom filled with the joy of having encountered Jesus the Christ. Herod's kingdom is the opposite of God's kingdom. It's the place where people suffer and die for their faith. Yet at the same time, those believers can die in peace and joy, knowing that they have seen the one who is to come, the anointed one in their midst. According to Matthew's gospel, John is a prophet. No, more than a prophet. Jesus said, this is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Now, messengers have been spoken about and acted throughout the sacred scriptures. They come with names like Michael, Raphael, Gabriel. Yes, angels. Jesus sees so much in John that he calls him an angel. Those who really see are like angels. What did you go into the desert to see? So now I want to come back to 2022 and the third Sunday of Advent. The scriptural writers use codes to describe different aspects of the spiritual life. Going into the desert was about preparation for the mission ahead not just because it was a time for retreat, reflection and prayer, but because it was an invitation to encounter the one at the heart of the matter, God, Jesus, 
the spirit, whatever name you ascribe to the person who is at the heart of who you are. This is an invitation to deepen the relationship with God with us, Emmanuel. This encounter fills us with deep joy that can never be taken away from us, even if we are in prison and about to lose our heads. So here are a few questions for you to reflect on this Advent. What do you expect to see at the heart of who you are? What will you actually see at the heart of who you are? Are you able to see the prophet in you? What will others see in you? When was the last time you took a trek into your heart space, your inner desert, in order to see and hear your beloved one? Are you filled with excitement for the encounter with Jesus this Christmas? Are you brimming over with joy because of what you see? I'm going to call it Advent Eyesight and invite you, all of us, to have that Advent Eyesight which sees the Anointed One in our world today, particularly within each other, and to believe that God is within you and me. In the days of the early church, the men and women gradually gave up going out into the desert to retreat, reflect and pray because a new form of spiritual life was developing in the heart of towns and cities. Those were the monasteries. People could now have the desert experience right where they were living. And when I think of that development, I really get an understanding for that question, what did you go into the desert to see? I am being asked to see Christ in our midst, to see those moments when the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them, and much, much more. Because the one I seek is right here in our midst. What joy! You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.